the words of the lip, my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Not all change happens the same way. Sometimes change more resembles a piece of dynamite placed in the side of a mountain. Instantly, the mountain is transformed, the large structure turned into a cavernous hole as pieces of rock are expelled from their previous state of being. There's no mistaking this kind of change phone call or a doctor's diagnosis, a private meeting that gets out of control, an act of war. It happens suddenly. We can't miss it. Other times, change can be more like the steady flow of water that over the course of a lifetime, it takes the rough edges off and begins to wear them down. Sparks of curiosity slowly erode a long, settled pattern or position or belief. Someone's continued kindness begins to open us up. And looking back on a friendship or a love years later, we realize how much we have changed thanks to that person. It's only in looking back in the strength to endure that long process that we see the difference never happens in the moment. When it's something positive that we want, we want that dynamite to wake up on New Year's Day with a new diet that has permanently fixed our life, or to no longer snap at the comment that gets under our skin, to be better at receiving feedback, to be more generous in our assumptions and beliefs. It doesn't take long for us to realize how truly difficult that is. Or if we're in pain, we want that change. We want to believe that God will make it happen now. We want restoration or resurrection or at the least escape from what we are experiencing. I think our gospel this morning captures both of these understandings of change. Peter, James, and John accompany Jesus up the mountain. It's the Famous story of the transfiguration. Jesus begins to pray, and then all of a sudden his face changes and his clothes become dazzling white. It's something you'd expect to see on Broadway. Jesus instantly transfigured. Dynamite thrown into the mountain. And Peter, James, and John's lives are different. We even hear this loud, booming voice from heaven, a voice that we only hear one other time at the baptism of Jesus, proclaiming that this is God's Son. I mean, how much clearer could it possibly be? 
The New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, which we've read this morning, puts an exclamation point at the end of the statement. I mean, the only response is they, you know, that makes any sense is they're silent afterwards. We gather about this profound experience. Peter, James, and John want to relish in it. They've just experienced the glory of God. They've seen it. They've been privy to it. They've witnessed transformation. Master, it is good for us to be here. Yes. And then they want to pitch a tabernacle. Or in the text that we've read, a dwelling. But it seems to capture that sentiment. They want to be there. They want to live into that moment. They want that change to be permanent. Not just in what they've had experienced, but they want it to continue. No longer should they have to live down in the valley in the ordinary ways with the pains and challenges of today. Not only have they been invited up on top of the mountain, but I get the impression they don't want to go back. Let us make dwellings, they say. But that's not how our story ends. We gather as much as we hear the next story. We've decided to include it in our reading this morning. It's more ordinary ministry down off the mountain. A man who loves his son and wants him to be healed. And it just so happens he's probably encountered James and John and Peter and he's not getting what he wants. They've gone from the mountaintop of glory to the pain of human condition, but with a little bit more hope than before. Today is the last Sunday before we begin our Lenten journey. On Tuesday, we'll have a big festive party brass band and parade down Crosshaven and hopefully we'll confuse the neighbors. <laughs> and then Wednesday we come in and have ash smudged on our forehead and we're reminded of this painful journey. A season that is marked through repentance and self-examination a long process of growth and renewal. And so today we hear this incredible collect, the prayer that sums up the readings. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed in his likeness from glory to glory. We want change, and yet what we get is strength. We want change, and what we're given is strength. I'm struck this morning for a number of reasons. 
We're probably witnessing a profound change in our global landscape on the brink of catastrophe. And I pray that it will end much sooner than I suspect it will. We want change. We want things to be different than what it is. To believe that this chapter is almost over. I wish that too. Or we watch a broken relationship come to fruition where at least one party seems to be more broken than the other, taken advantage of or violated beyond our comprehension, and we wish for that life to be restored. We want change or reconciliation. We want change. I'm going to share a story that some of you all may have read in a previous reflection. Um, It's often shaped my understanding of forgiveness, um, but this morning I offer it because it speaks to another truth as well. It's a story offered by the rabbi Harold Kushner, and a woman in his congregation comes to visit him. She's a single mother who's divorced and working to support her family. So she says to the good rabbi, You know, since my husband walked out on us every month, it's a struggle. I have to tell my kids we have no money to go to the movies while he's living it up with his new wife in another state. How can you tell me to forgive him? The rabbi answers her, I'm not asking you to forgive him because what he did was acceptable. It wasn't. It was mean and selfish. I'm asking you to forgive because he doesn't deserve the power to live in your head and turn you into a bitter, angry woman. I'd like to see him out of your life emotionally as completely as he is physically, but you keep holding on to him. You're not hurting him by holding on to that resentment, but you're hurting yourself. offer that because what the woman wants is change. She wants that pain and that bitterness gone. And yet what God is giving her is strength to ask over and over and over. We want change and yet we're given strength. But if we go back to that collect What we learn is that change comes from strength. It's precisely in strength that we are given change. It's in the strength to endure that we end up seeing that change like water that smooths us out. And with God's help, the grace to look back and to see the power of glory working on our life. As we enter this season of Lent this coming week, as we hear the story of the transfiguration today, expecting wild and dynamite-like change, may you have the strength to allow the lifelong process of God working on each of us. And may in the fullness of time, that reveal the glory of God. 
Amen.